Hey, hey, welcome to Queer Street. It's that time of the week again. And y'all, I am eagerly awaiting the third and final movie, 1666. It will be out this Friday, July 16th, right? Because today's the 14th. Let me check my calendar. Today is the 15th. Oops. Wait. Oh, it's because I'm recording this. <laughs> I'm thinking it's the 14th, but it's I'm up late. So it's the 15th. So yes, the 16th. <laughs> Anywho, I'm so excited. So, and then once that's all done, I'll have that extra episode out where I talk about the entire trilogy. 1994, 1978, and 1666. But before then, we have a regular episode today, number 22 in the original series, Bad Dreams. Ooh. Now, this book came out March 1st, 1994. So it's kind of fun. We're in 1994. 1994 is the first trilogy movie, but it comes in at 160 pages, which actually is not right. Because when I look here at the book, it's 148. So that's a little wrong, but you know, 148 is more like it. But y'all, I love this cover. I love it. Bill Schmidt outdid himself. Way to go, Bill. So we've got two girls. They've both got red hair. They're both in like these white 90s. And the background's pink. It's very red and pink. And they are looking at you. And they are scared out of their mind. The one girl's grasping onto the other girl. The one the girl's like, stop, stop. And they've got scared looks on their faces. But to be honest with you, it almost looks like we've caught them in a moment of like, illicit passion. We've caught them in flagrante delicto, which, you know, as most of my knowledge comes from trivia and TV, as Clue taught me, that means they was doing it. It's not really what it means. It technically means, I looked it up, it means like caught red-handed or in a flagrant act. But, oh, I love that because that's, that's, um, I love that movie, Clue. But anywho, that's not what they're doing. They're actually sisters, so mm, scandalous. Um, and, but they are scared, okay? And the tagline says, don't go to sleep. So despite what the cover looks like, it is not some juicy lesbian porn. But we'll talk about lesbians later because, you know, we're going to search for the queers. So on the back, though, it says, every night Maggie Travers has the same horrible dream. Every night she is forced to watch the same murder. And every night the girl in her dream cries out for help. Maggie is afraid to go to sleep again, but when the terrifying dreams start to come true and the gruesome accidents begin, staying awake is the real nightmare. So, I mean, it's got a great cover. It's got a great uh, synopsis on the back. We're good to go for this. So, y'all know I love a good prologue. This book starts off with a prologue. We have a girl having a bad dream and her sister rushes in and stabs her and she's in a canopy bed. Okay, that's our prologue. Chapter one, we meet Maggie Travers. You know, just like we said, they said we were going to on the back. Uh, she says the dreams came to the night she slept in the canopy bed for the first time. So they're moving to a, to a new house on Fear Street. We actually get an address for the first time. They're on 23 Fear Street, in case you're keeping track. And it's her mom and her sister, Andrea, and their golden retriever, Gus. Now, the girls are always arguing. They do not get along. They're very close in age, like a year apart. And they're opposites. You know, it says Maggie is tall and thin and Andrea is short and it says broad shoulders. But, you know, Andrea, is some, she's a little bit of a chunky chunk, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not body shaming, but that's fine. So they're opposites. Um, and 
Maggie is always one step ahead of her and boys and looking cute and she's prettier and she's more popular and she makes better grades. So clearly that is one of the catalysts. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> that is one of the catalysts for making them so uh, like fight like cats and dogs. And they have a, they have some issues with their fighting because their dad just died of a stroke <laughs> um, after kind of telling them he was tired of them fighting, that they were driving him crazy. So, I mean, if that's not some, you know, issues to be worked out in therapy later on, I don't know what is. But anywho, so they pull up to their new house on Fear Street. Gus bounds out of the car into the street and we hear a screeching. But luckily he's not hit. He, um, he, uh, the car just slammed on its brakes. So we go inside and as the girls are going upstairs to pick their bedrooms, one of the bedrooms, Maggie's, has an old-fashioned four-poster canopy bed with this pretty pink canopy in it. I think I hear somebody. The kids are here this week, so I'm trying to hear if I hear the pitter-patter of little feet coming to bother me in the middle of the night. <laughs> Maggie claims this room is her own, and they fight about it, of course. They fight about everything. It gets a little old after a while, but they fight, you know? So chapter three starts off with um, Maggie talking to her boyfriend, Justin Stiles. Um, they, he has been at, you know, Shadyside. He's the most popular. And she's also talking to her friend, Don Rogers, her best friend. And her best friend says, you know, Don's like, you know, Justin's got a bit of a wandering eye. So Maggie's really self-conscious about her relationship with Justin. She's always kind of, you know, like, is he kind of another yawn? Excuse me. I guess I shouldn't record so late. But it's summer and you know I'm tired. I mean, I'm not tired. I'm, I'm not tired. That's the problem. I'm staying up too late. So then we've got, I lost my train of thought here. Oh, sorry. So we find out that Dawn and Maggie are on the swim team. Maggie, of course, is better. Andrea, her little sister, is also on the swim team. So there's something else that they have against each other. Okay. So she goes into bed and she falls asleep quickly that first night after they're moving. And she dreams she's falling, but she sees a girl, this blonde girl in a mist. And she can't see her face. There's something wrong. And she wakes up screaming. But she doesn't know why. So her mom and Andrea come in. She tells them she has this bad dream. It was about a blonde girl. And the, her sister's like, oh, well, Don, well, Dawn is blonde. Maybe you were just, you know, you're tired and you're dreaming about her. And she's like, okay. She So she goes back to bed. She oversleeps. She wanted to wake up early to get some extra swim practice in. But she oversleeps because she was so tired. And... Um, She's arguing with Andrea. They're getting ready to go. They're all upset because that's all they do is bitch at each other, really. So at 4 p.m., Justin's late. She's waiting for him to come over. He comes, and um, all they really do is talk about swim tryouts, and she tells him about her bad dream, and she's kind of nervous about it. She's got a lot going on. And then they start to get their kiss on. They smooch in, and then from behind her, she's, or from behind him, she sees a girl in the shadows. It's the girl from the dream. But no, it's really just her sister, Andrea, being uh, Merv the perv, watching them kiss. Okay, so she's thinking about the They argue, of course, again. And so she kicks her out. So she's thinking about the dream. She's freaked out. She's like, is it a warning, you know? Is this girl trying to tell me something? And Justin is already like, bitch, I'm tired of hearing about this. And then he just collapses. And that's our cliffhanger for chapter five. But come to find out, it's just a joke, but it ends up cheering her up and uh, getting her to stop talking about this damn dream that she's already, you know, won't shut up about. So next day we're at swim practice. Andrea has lost her cap. She's freaking out, blames it on Maggie. Turns out it's in her backpack. Chill out, dude. I mean, come on. Then we meet coach Randall who was, um, 
an Olympic hopeful. She made it to the Olympic trials for swimming. Way to go, Shadyside. Represent for the national spotlight. So they're racing and practicing. Maggie ends up first. Andrea's last. And Dawn's a sore loser. So they're all getting showered and whatever. And when she comes out of the shower, Maggie sees a body in the pool. But it's just Dawn. And she's practicing her breathing. And she played a joke on her. She's like, got you. So now she's not so cranky. So they laugh. And, you know, they're feeling better now. So um, <laughs> they don't fight anymore. So because I get, you know, so they're playing pranks on each other. But did you ever used to do that when you would swim? You would like, pretend you were dead. You know, like the dead man's float. But you would see how long you could hold your breath and just pretend like you were dead in the pool. I did that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can feel you, Don. So she goes to bed again and she has trouble falling asleep because she's afraid she's going to have a dream again. And she ends up having a dream again. But this time she sees the girl, but she's the girl's in a bed. She's tossing and turning and she gets a feeling she's she's not alone. Da, uh, Maggie realizes that. And then all of a sudden a knife comes out of nowhere, stabbing the girl. And then she wakes up screaming. Okay. And then <gasps> a girl grabs her. She wasn't really awake. It was one of those where you think you're awake, but you're still asleep awakes. And it was just her aunt. It was her sister, Andrea. She comes in. She says, you were making a bunch of noise. I came in to check on you. And so she tells Andrea, she's like, I had a dream again, but it's, this time I saw the girl being stabbed. I think this house is haunted. In fact, I think this bed is haunted because the girl was in this bed in the dream. She's like, who is this girl? And her sister, Andrea, is like joking. She's like, well, maybe it's just you thinking um, subconsciously that you want to stab us all so you can win the state this tall state tryouts and this starts another argument between the two of them i mean christ on a cracker get over it girls so <laughs> and so now maggie's thinking is is andrea right you know but then she realized wait a minute i don't want to stab people because in the dream i'm looking at the point of view of the girl being attacked <gasps> so now we're at school it's friday andrea's ignoring her because you know she's snippy and they're just arguing all the time anyway and then she um catches up with dawn maggie catches up with dawn in the hallway and she's going on the show she calls out she's like hey dawn wait up dawn turns to look at her and falls down the stairs the concrete stairs this is not the first time somebody has fallen down the stairs i think people in shady side need to be a little bit more careful i'm sure the hallways are packed but watch where you're going people i mean this is not the first time somebody has fallen down the stairs i can't remember the other book let me know if you remember it i'd have to look back at my notes but Luckily, she's not dead, but she is screaming at the bottom of the stairs that someone pushed her and her arm is broken. And then she looks up and she says that Maggie pushes her and everybody's like, what? And then suddenly Maggie gets upset because she realizes Dawn has blonde hair. Was Andrea right? Are these dreams her wishes? Does she really want to hurt her? So after school, she's meeting up with this other chick on the swim team named Tiffany. And she's like, and Tiffany's like, I believe you. You just need to let Maggie be. She's fine. No, she just got hurt. And so um, she's, and Maggie realized she has to go talk to Dawn and sort this out. She did not push her. So she goes home. She's so exhausted and stressed that she ends up falling asleep on the couch, you know, because she can't sleep in her own bed. And, um, but then she tries again to go. She has trouble sleeping. And the next day she's walking around outside. And this is where it gets a little confusing because she said she goes in her backyard and she's walking around. And she falls asleep on her tree, but then an old man wakes her up. And I'm like, why is this old man in your backyard, Maggie? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they don't have a fence or maybe, I, I don't know. Anywho, it, it was a little confusing for me. I don't know. But anywho, he introduces himself. He's their next door neighbor, Mr. Avery. And he says that that house has been on a market a long time and the family didn't live there long. And there's a terrible story. He's like, the realtor didn't tell you. Maggie's like, no. He's like, well, why don't you come over and meet my wife for some tea and I'll tell you the story. 
goes over there. It turns out there was a girl named Miranda living there, and she was murdered, stabbed in her bed. Bum, bum, bum. Clearly, we're about halfway through the book now, because now we're getting into the juiciness. So now we're with Justin. We're after a movie date. She sees Dawn and Tiffany. Dawn apologized. She's like, I was confused. I'm just hurt. She's like, but she's still acting kind of funny. But, you know, Maggie's like, well, at least, you know, she doesn't think I did it. So they're going home. She's telling Justin about Miranda. He does not remember her. And he is, frankly, does not want to talk about this damn dream anymore. He's tired of this shit. He's like, just basically just like, girl, come on, you crazy. Okay. Because she's all like, well, maybe the bed remembers and the bed's trying to warn me. And he's all like, bitch, shut up. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> we're back at practice another day. And Dawn's watching from the bleachers because with her broke arm, she's out. And Andrea's um, gets named as the alternate. And she's all grumpy and bitchy about that. And then, um, so they they fight again about that. And uh, she goes to um, dream that night. It's the same dream. And she wakes up with the knife, you know, just as she, and she wakes up and she's like, I want to finish the dream. I want to find out what happens. But then she sees a knife. <gasps> Someone with a knife. But it's actually her sister in the middle of the night can't sleep. So she's practicing some hairstyles with a curling iron. So it's not a knife. It's a curling iron. So I don't, it's, it's a little goofy. Like, I get it. I get it. But I guess when you can't sleep, you warm milk, read a book, curl your hair. I don't know. I don't do any of those things because I don't like milk. I do read a book, but I don't curl my hair in the middle of the night. So Andrea's freaked out. She's up now. She can't sleep. So she goes downstairs to read Moby Dick and relax. And so um, when she finds herself getting tired, she goes back upstairs and there is a pillow. Or, or, there's a pillow. Of course, there's a pillow on her bed. Duh. How else she's going to sleep? There's a knife stabbed in her pillow. Well, of course, she freaks the fuck out, runs to her mom. It must be Andrea. She's the only one that knows. She's told her about it. But when she brings her mom back in there, the knife is gone. So she runs to her sister's room, wakes her up, starts screaming at her. Of course, they're fighting. And her sister's like, what the fuck's going on? You're crazy. I didn't do anything, you know? So next day, we're at practice. The girls are cranky with each other because now nobody's getting sleep because of this crazy Maggie and her dreams. So she's all preoccupied. She's not doing her best. She loses. And the coach is like, are you okay? And Maggie's like, yeah, I'm just tired. Life, boyfriend, studies, you know, and all that. And she's like, oh. And so the coach is basically just says, get your shit together, girl. You know, I made it to the Olympics. You can't let life get in front of you. You know, you, you just need to get your shit together. So she's like, yes, ma'am. And so she goes, she leaves. And then she finds Tiffany on the floor in a pool of blood. And she, there's a knife there. She picks it up just that the coach comes. And she's like, I didn't do it. <gasps> cliffhanger at the chapter so then the next chapter starts she's at home she's talking to her mom she had told the police tiffany was okay she did not remember who attacked her but this means that she is out of the all-state thing too and um andrea's like woo woo that means i'm in and maggie's all like that's not the great way to look at it you know and then she realizes oh wait a minute tiffany was tabbed was tabbed tiffany was stabbed and the girl in my dream was stabbed and andrea's all like well lucky for me because <laughs> now i'm on the team and maggie's all like oh, maybe andrea's doing this oh my gosh is it andrea or is she just a red herring are we getting fishy here so she has the dream again, but this time the dream does not begin in bed. She sees the girl walking to her and she's like, Miranda, she's calling her. They're walking down a tunnel. She can't see her face. And she realizes it's because she's running. She's running from somebody with a knife and suddenly they're back in bed and she sees Miranda's face and she's scared and, and, um, she's, she's being attacked by this knife. And then suddenly she wakes up and she sees Miranda and she's like, oh, are you a ghost? And she's like, yes. And then she raises a knife. But once again, it's that awake, a dream within a dream within a dream. It gets a little confusing here, you know. Um, 
Maggie might want to look into some Ambien or a stiff drink at night. I'm not sure what she needs. So mom wakes her up and she's like, there's a ghost in the room. She's like, honey, there's no one here, bitch. You're crazy. And so now we're, um, we're back in, we're back, um, at a field trip this time at school and they're at a field trip for a cave, which is pretty cool. I thought, you know, wouldn't it be neat to go and like a field trip in a cave? So Dawn's kind of a voider and she ends up being put in a group with Dina. Hey, hey, shout out to Dina, our queer for one of the first books. And just a little eensy weensy spoiler tidbit of knowledge. Dina is, um, a main character in Fear Street 1994. Anywho. I'm not going to go into it. So we got Dina. She's in the thing. So, hey, Dina Martinson. We see you, lesbian girl. Actually, let Dina's by, according to us. But so um, she's walking around with Dina. They're looking at stalactites, stalagmites, and all that fun cave shit. And Maggie gets lost in a cave, and she hears footsteps. And suddenly she's like, this is a lot like my dream where I'm lost in these tunnels. And she's like, oh, my gosh. Turns out the footsteps behind her are just Justin with a flashlight. He's like, um, everybody's on the bus waiting for you. Where have you been? And so she's like, I'm scared. I got lost. It reminded me of the dream. And he's like, oh, God, not this motherfucking dream. So she's like, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to stop talking about this dream or Justin's going to leave me. She ends up going to see a shrink and the, which shrink, I just love the name. Like you, this is totally nineties. We would never say shrink now. I mean, maybe some people would. So she goes there and the, and the, the doctor is all like dreams can be about what's bothering you and maybe something's on your mind. And so she's like, well, there's a lot of my mind, you know, so she's, that didn't really help her. She's like, bitch, you know, she got her one free, you know, her one free trial. She's like, I ain't going back to that shit. Cause she's, you know, didn't really feel anything. So she's home. She goes home. Um, after being with Justin because, uh, oh, I forgot. I skipped over this part. So she's with Justin. She's like, I need to chill out or he's going to leave me. And suddenly she sees a ghost and then she's like, oh, look, it's the ghost girl. And Justin turns and of course there's no one there. So she's like, I got to go home. I'm sorry. She goes home. Her, um, uh, her family's having a cookout in the backyard with Mr. and Mrs. Avery. And she's trying to be sociable, but she's super tired and she's super paranoid. And she's just, she's going crazy. So she's like, I'm going to go upstairs and go to bed. But the bed is gone. Come to find out, Dr. Marsh, that shrink, said, get that bed out of the damn room. Maybe it's all in her head, in the bed. It's in the bed. It's in her head. It's in the bed head. I don't know. Speaking of bed head, did y'all ever use those hair care products with bed head? Like, I, I get the vibe, you know, because like some people want that freshly tussled look. But sometimes when I wake up in the morning, my hair looks like it's standing up like a rooster. And I don't really want to go about my day looking like that. So I don't really always care for bed head. But anywho, I'm off task. I, I digress. And so... And so um, Andrea comes, she's like, the doctor said to get rid of it. And she's like, where is it? I need to, I have to finish the dream. And the girls and her sister's like, it's in the attic. You have a new bed, come back to the picnic. So that night, uh, Maggie tries to go back to sleep in her new bed. She can't sleep, it's like three o'clock. So she goes upstairs into the attic. She's like, I have to know, I have to finish this dream but there's someone in the bed. And she's like, it's Miranda. And then she picks up a knife, but suddenly uh, Maggie realizes, um, you're real. She's like, I've dreamed of you. Are you real, Miranda? And the girl starts laughing. She's like, Miranda had to die. She was mean. She was a mean sister, just like you. Turns out, and this is where she gets a little scurry, guys. I'm telling you. Turns out this is Miranda's sister, Gina. Okay. She said, Miranda always said she had power. She must be using her powers to warn you, but you're a mean sister to your sister, just like Miranda was mean to me. So I have to kill you like I killed her. So, I mean, like, before we go on, we talk, she's, oh, sorry, not before we go on. Now, she's like, she's been, 
she's like, you're just want to lock me back up like everybody else. I, I escaped from the hospital. I came back here and I've been living in the attic. Y'all, if that is not some scary shit, like out of all of these fears, who can you imagine that she's been living in the attic and she talks about how she would come down in the middle of the night and, and when they would all leave, she would come down. They wish she would eat food. How fucking scary is that? That there's this, not just a person. I mean, not just your friendly neighborhood hobo living in your attic. It is an actual psychotic murderer living in your attic. Like this is giving me total when a stranger calls call is coming from inside the house vibes. I mean, that is that one of my worst fears. Like the call is coming from the house. That movie scared the bejesus out of me and still does. Like, I mean, so, so, but Maggie does not have time to think about how scary this is that there's this crazy person been living in her attic for months. Instead, Andrea appears and she's like, Hey, Andrea, I'm going to kill your sister. Gina says that. And so Maggie's like, you plan this with her? And Andrew's like, what the fuck? Who is this girl in our attic? What the hell's going on? It's like four in the morning. So Gina's like, I did it all for you, Andrea. Now it's time for mean sisters to die. And then they start to fight. And Andrea or Maggie blacks out, but she didn't really black out. Come to find out, Andrea just has pulled the canopy down on them. They overpower her and they call the police. And that's it. <laughs> so the next day, they're like, um, they call the police and she's like, uh, Maggie's like, do you really think Miranda was warning me through the dreams? And her mom is like, well, maybe it makes as much sense as the rest of this book. I mean, anything else on Fear Street. <laughs> and so the girls, of course, it always has to end with a fun little hokey thing. The girls are like, you can have the bed. No, you can have it. No, you can have it. <laughs> but they're all getting along now. So sadly, though, as you can tell, we have a big goose egg for deaths. This is the second book in a row we haven't had any deaths. So this is book 22 with only 18 deaths. You know, I'm going to pull up my little calculator here and we're going to do 18 divided by 22. Oops. And that'll, no, 22 divided by 18, right? No, 18 divided by 22. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're not even at a, a death of book. We're at 80 point, you know, like 80% of somebody is dying each book. That's not enough for me, y'all. We've got to get back into the one death per book like we were. So, Arl Stein, I love you, mister, but you need to get your shit together because two books with no deaths, they don't fly with me. So, because of that, I'm only going to give it a four star. It has a bitchin' cover, which I adore. It's a great book, and it has that scary-ass, crazy person living in the in the um, attic, which is just scary to begin with. But four, because nobody dies. And it wrapped up super quick. Like all of a sudden, is she crazy? Nope, there's somebody in the attic killing you and then it's over. So, no, not one of my favorites, but it was still really good. So four stars there. Um, we're going to file this one under the uh, dual fears of crazy person because we got Gina living in the attic because there's no explanation for that. And ghost because maybe, just maybe, the ghost of Miranda was trying to warn Maggie. Hmm. But now is the time that you really come here for. Come for the Kiki, stay for the queer. It is time to name our queer. Now, you know, we already had our cameo from Dina. So snaps to Dina for coming back. We've we've met Dina a couple times. In fact, if I pull up my file here, I meant to pull this up. Do do do. There's some waiting music while I pull it up for you. Do 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 do. We have met Dina. By the way, do do do. Dina in wrong number, book number five. She was by. Then Dina also um, is a repeat cameo in Secret Bedroom. 
number at uh, book 13. And now Dina in number 22. So Dina has, you know, I love, you know, we've got Suki. Suki's not gay, but she always pops up that whore. But now we've got by Dina and come on, I'm up for a three-peat queer cameo. So we've got Dina here, but she's just a cameo queer. Instead, what we really want to know is who's the new queer. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say that it's Andrea, the little sister, the spoiled little sister, because I just got a very, very much athletic, sporty, lesbian vibes from her, which good for her. Good for her. So yeah, Andrea's the queer. We've got a lesbian and which is all the more funny when you look at this cover because it's two girls in bed together. <laughs> Looking like they've been caught in flagrante delicto. I'm going to start using that phrase more often. You know, it just sounds so fabulous. It makes me think of Clue again. But anywho, so Andrews are queer, but no deaths. So hopefully next week when we talk about double date, we'll get a double death. Yeah, I said it. You know, it's been a long time since we had a twofer. I think there's really one book where we had two deaths. I, I'm, I'm going to need at least one death next book. We cannot go three books in a row without a death. But... I am off to go watch American Horror Stories. It should be on Hulu because I stayed up late to watch it. And then, of course, tomorrow is 1666. So sometime this weekend, I will watch all three Fair Streets again and have an extra little bonus episode where I talk about the trilogy. So I'll try to keep spoilers to a minimum, but you know, I got, I'm going to have to spoil a little bit. So I will have that... Um, what do you call it? Warning? Um, disclaimer. Disclaimer. That's what I was looking for at the beginning. But you get a little pre-disclaimer disclaimer now. So, but that will be a bonus probably on Monday the 17th. But it doesn't really much matter that I'm telling you a date when you're listening to this because you could be listening to this next year. Anywho, next episode will be a bonus one. And then next week, we'll be back for a double date. Until then, make sure there's no scary psycho person in your attic. Um, I'm not going to go check my attic because it's really hard to get to. So the likelihood of there being a person up there are slim, but never zero, I guess, you know, so, so check your attics and until then stay queer. Bye.